0: Before we begin this week's show, I have an update uh, and kind of a correction for last week's show. If you haven't had a chance to check out uh, Metropolitan Anthony of Cirrhosis show that we did last week, please check it out. It was beyond truly amazing. It is probably one of the best shows we've done this season, and it definitely is a favorite of mine. I mean, they're all favorites, but this one was especially a favorite Uh, during that show. I had said several times in reference to uh, the Roman Catholic Church. I was referring to them as Catholics and the Orthodox Church. I was referring to as the Orthodox Church. Well, I have learned and schooled myself to now understand that that was incorrect that um, The Orthodox Church is in fact a Catholic Church and actually it was the original Catholic Church and Catholic is a Greek word for universal meaning universal church. There were seven churches in my Orthodox brothers and sisters. Correct me please if I'm wrong gently. (laughs) Uh, There were originally seven churches from the disciples of Christ. Uh, Those seven churches stuck together. Up until a certain point, I'm not familiar with what exactly year they split, uh, but there was one of the seven churches that split off and went on its own and did its own thing, and that is the Roman Catholic Church. The other six churches stuck together, and they are still together today, and that are th- those are our Orthodox churches that we have today, the different types of Orthodox churches, but they're all still together. They're all Still very Catholic because, in fact, they are the Catholic Church. No offense to our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters, uh, because they were from the original. They have not changed uh, since the disciples of Christ started those churches. So I wanted to make sure I corrected that and shared that with all of you. And I do apologize to um, you know our Orthodox brothers and sisters who were listening and of course saying you know of course like I just said that boy ain't right. Well. I'm trying to get right I'm learning your faith uh, your church is extremely uh, fascinating and so wealthy in wisdom and it's just wow um, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't discover your faith earlier in life and I'm doing all I can and studying all I can now uh, on it it's just so so amazing uh, the second part was I had mentioned about I had I did not know the orthodox procedure for making someone a saint as far as how long that takes. And I'm still learning on that. I'm finding out information little by little uh, because, you know, I was making a reference that, you know, Metropolitan Anthony of Soros, also known as Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, should definitely be a saint. And, of course, in my uh, humble opinion, in my heart, I believe he should. And if you listen to that uh, show, I'm sure you will agree generally takes, from what I found out, about 50 years for someone in the Orthodox tradition or Orthodox Church to be canonized and become a saint. Now, there are some exceptions to that, like um, St. Paisios. He uh, passed away in 1994, and in 1995, he was canonized and made a saint one year and one day after his passing. And stay tuned, because in season two, definitely plan on doing a show on St. Oh, Oh so wow you know okay so <laughs> thank you all for listening and um, enjoy the show hello and welcome to the faith and more podcast I firmly believe God works through people every day to help us these people are selfless and so very humble the majority of us don't even know they exist or existed my name is Angel, and each podcast I will showcase one of these amazing people. Their stories will uplift, inspire, encourage, support, heal, and give you hope. Hello, and welcome to the show. How is everyone doing? I hope you're all doing well and that you're blessed. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us and for tuning in. And if you're returning, thank you so much for returning. This week we're going to talk about miracles. So the U.S. Dictionary defines miracle as a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be a work of divine agency. Now, I know that still leaves it open to interpretation to a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't believe in miracles. I know a lot of people do believe in miracles. And I know a lot of people have different definitions of what they believe miracles to be and not to be. So this episode will air the day after uh, Christmas and Merry Christmas to everyone that celebrates Christmas, Happy Yule to everyone who celebrates Yule, Uh, Happy Winter Solstice to everyone who celebrates that, Uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and if I missed anything, I apologize, Happy or Merry whatever holiday uh, or festival or feast day it is for you. So I thought given the season, this would be a really great time to to discuss miracles, to share miracles. Um, we have already, if you look at all the episodes that we've had so far uh, this season, um, we've had a lot of people that have had a lot of miraculous things happen to them. And I'm going to go through those that I feel had miracles happen. If I missed anybody, please feel free to let me know. So we'll begin with Melissa Camp, who we met in episode two. Um, And I want to say before I begin with Melissa that I received an email from her mother, Jeanette Henning, that the devotional that uh, Jeanette's been working on for Melissa for quite some time now is now available. It's called if one it's called Melissa if one life uh, devotional journal and it's by Jeanette Henning and it's got uh, excerpts from Melissa's journals in it as a devotion. It is if you go back and listen to that episode that episode was amazing you know all the episodes have been but that one um, was really exceptional in. Uh, blessings, infinite blessings to Jeanette for everything she's doing to keep Melissa alive. And Melissa is still helping so, so many people uh, through her journals and through her words and through her works. It's just uh, truly amazing, truly amazing. So if you all remember, uh, Melissa developed cancer, ovarian cancer at a very young age. Um, I believe she was 19 at the time. And it was a terminal cancer, but at one point, um, when all hope seemed to be lost, uh, of course, Melissa never lost hope or faith. Uh, She always prayed that a miracle would happen, and to her and to the family, a miracle did happen. Um, She was miraculously cured completely of her cancer uh, long enough for her to get married and to have that moment and have that experience, which she so desperately longed for and wanted. Um, so, you know, she married Jeremy camp who was the love of her life, uh, literally. And of course, as we know from the, that story that, uh, you know, it wasn't too long after, you know, during the honeymoon that she started to experience a lot of pain and she came back and, and they found out that the cancer had come back and spread throughout her body. Um, but that was a miracle and some might say, well, you know, it was a temporary thing. It's no big deal. It can't be considered a miracle. Well, I beg to differ. If you look at it from Melissa's end and from her family's end, that was a miracle. Even though it was temporary, it allowed her to have an experience that she never would have been able to have in in this human life. And it was something she so wanted and needed. And it was an infinite blessing that she got to to experience that. So if you're scratching your head and wondering about uh, the Melissa Camp story, by all means, go back and listen to episode two. As I said, it was a great episode and and still is. And um, actually, Jeanette herself listened to that uh, episode and she really enjoyed it. And I cannot thank her enough for the positive feedback and support that she gave on not only that episode, but also the show as well. The next would be Dan Thomas. We met Dan in episode three Um, Dan had a rare form of cancer. He lived in the UK um, where as we learned from Dan that 50% of the population uh, of the UK will have some form of cancer at one time or another. So one out of every two people which is extremely uh, high and that's that's mind blowing. but Dan, you know, fought his cancer so bravely and documented it on his YouTube channel under Pee Wee Toms. And again, if you do, if you're not familiar with this uh, or with Dan, please go back and listen to episode three. Check out the show notes. Uh, there's so much information there that can help you find more about Dan. His his channel still has, you know, quite a few of his um, things that he recorded and videotaped and documented, unfortunately, you know. A lot of it's been taken down uh, by family. For what reason, I have no idea. Um, but you know, as I said in that show, we have to respect whatever you know the family or whoever's in charge of that uh, is doing. But they've they've left up some stuff, enough stuff that you can get a really good um, impression of Dan and the message Dan was was uh, trying to convey and, and did his so above and beyond level best. So the miracle with Dan was similar to Melissa that, you know, Dan's health really started to go on a a major decline. Now, he did not experience a healing or uh, the cancer leaving, but um, he was able to uh, muster up the strength to uh, marry Becca and something that he so desperately wanted and needed to do, uh, you know, as as did she. And he was able to to do that and to have that experience and experience that happiness, um, even though it was short lived because he passed away only weeks uh, after he was married. But still, I mean, to me, that that's a miracle. Again, people would say how, you know, the the, the man's dead. How is that a, a miracle? But again, I, I ask you to look at it from their point of view, from their perspective and from uh, Becca's perspective and the family's perspective, you know, it's better to have had that experience than to not have had it at all. Next, we have Catherine Wolf, uh, from episode four, which was titled Catherine and Jay Wolf. Catherine, uh, suffered a massive brain stem stroke at the age of 26. And, you know, by all probability, statistics, paperwork, Uh, She should not have survived that, but she still survives today after going through so, so many surgeries and she is a living and breathing miracle. She really is. And she exhumes her faith so wonderfully and does so much for uh, ADA people as well as um, helping families and in those situations and the summer camp that they Help fund and run. Um, They're just amazing people, and Catherine still today is is such um, an icon of motivation, inspiration, encouragement. Uh, She's a hero. She really is. Um, Again, if you haven't heard of Catherine and Jay Wolf or know of their story, check out episode four. Next, we have the wonderful and beyond. Truly amazing, Claire Wineland. Uh, we met her in episode five. Um, Claire had, was born with cystic fibrosis and she was not supposed to live as long as she did, even though she made it to the age of 21 and we all wished and hoped and prayed she would have lived longer. Um, you know, 21 was quite, quite long for someone with the condition that she had. Um, and it wasn't the condition that got her uh, that, that took her life per se. It was indirectly, uh, but it was the lung transplant uh, surgery. I should say complications uh, from the lung transplant surgery after um, after that. But anyway, uh, Claire is again a, above and beyond wonderful, be, above and beyond truly amazing. Um, if you haven't heard of Claire and you haven't heard this episode. Please go back and listen to episode five with Claire Wineland. Um, Claire was such an amazing um, encourager and inspirer and and truly a hero, not only to people with cystic fibrosis, but to all of us. She really showed us and still shows us. She documented so much of her life. And blessings, infinite blessings to her parents for keeping her channels still up and going and all of her videos available for all of us to watch on YouTube uh, anytime we want. Again, if you want access to any of that, you can just do a Google search for Claire Wineland or a YouTube search or go to the show notes for episode five. I've got links in there as well and also to the amazing um, um foundation that Claire uh, created when she was alive called Claire's Place Project. Um, Again, links to that are in the show notes as well. Uh, But again, you know, Claire was a living and breathing miracle uh, for the 21 years of her life. She changed and continues to change so many lives. Talk about a saint, uh, definitely above and beyond a saint, um, as is Melissa Camp. I can't, say enough about that as well. But yeah, Claire, check her out um on episode five. Just, you'll, you'll, you won't regret it. Um she's just oh I'm speechless. <laughs> There's nothing else I can say. Next we have Rob Mendez, who we met in episode six. Rob was born with no arms or legs. Um Rob is a a, a living and breathing miracle still today. And he is again Beyond truly amazing, the people, especially the children that he inspires and coaches, and he's just wow! I mean, you know, when you think you're having a bad day and you know it's just not worth getting out of bed, or you can look to these people, especially to people like Rob Mendez, who gets up and goes full force, full throttle every day and has a goal and purpose to help as many people and inspire and encourage and uplift and and coach as many people as he can. And he does. I mean, it's just mind blowing again, check him out. If you don't already know of this um, episode, episode six, Rob Mendez. Next we have the jaw dropping St. Padre Pio and wow, what an episode that was. Episode eight was the St. Padre Pio episode. If you haven't, Uh, Listen to that one yet. Go back and check it out. Also check out the show notes for more information on some of the miraculous things uh, St. Padre Pio did. You know, everything from stopping his monastery from being bombed in World War II, uh, flying through the air, waving, (laughs) waving off the airplanes and and the bombers and, uh, you know, rerouting the planes to where the pilots could not steer over the target and drop their bombs no matter how hard they tried to you know curing a a little girl who was born without pupils and couldn't see and was blind from birth Um, who's still alive today the little girl is and again links to all that are in the show notes for episode eight of Saint Padre Pio and that's just two of many um, miracles that Padre Pio is known for I mean we can in fact we could do several more shows just on miracles that uh, Padre Pio has been, uh, accredited with, and, and maybe we will, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode in season two or something like that on Padre Pio and, and get some more information. That would be great. Next, we have the wonderful Sri Ananda Mayima, also known as Sri Ma. In episode 10, we met, uh, met her. Wow. What, what a, a an amazing inspiration she is. And, and she, her life was Non-stop miracles performed right, left, up, down, no matter where you turned, wherever Ma was, uh, miracles were taking place. People were being healed and not just physically, but mentally and emotionally as well, which you know, can oftentimes be even more important than physical healing. Um, So check her episode out, episode 10, if you're already not familiar with it, in the show notes as well. Again, the show notes for all the shows are really good to go over, especially now that we have the website. Uh, It's so easy to access it now. There's so many links and things and additional information in there as well uh, to check out. So check out Ma episode 10. Next, we have St. Bernadette. Episode 11 with St. Bernadette. Um, You know, she was born with a lot of physical ailments. um, But she used all of that as fuel to do everything that she did. Um, She never once felt sorry for herself. She was a suffering soul. So she took it all in stride and and offered it to to God and to the Lord and to to people, you you know, for their suffering. You know, she felt that if she took if she took as much suffering as possible, it would be less suffering that would be put on others and St. Bernadette, uh, of course is, is known for, for Lords. Um, and for the apparition, our lady of Lords, um, there's a really neat website that's got an actual live cam on YouTube, uh, that you can click on anytime, 24 seven and actually see like right there at the grotto in Lords. Um, i'll put that in the show notes so you guys can check that out that's really interesting and i highly recommend it you know there's been so many miracles that have come from you know people who have uh, gone to the grotto and lords um, and drank the water there um, you know there's just so many we, we shared some of those in in the episode 11 uh, but there's been so many more since then um you know it's just You know, I can't recommend that episode enough or, you know, also the movie that I had mentioned, The Song of Bernadette. It's that that is really good. Next, we have the wonderful and amazing Sister Claire, who I always refer to as St. Claire. I mean, I don't have any updates on that. I'm still looking and I've still got an eye out for that. And if I do hear of any additional information as far as, um, any procedures or processes going on to canonize Sister Claire, I will let you guys know um, on the show. And, you know, Sister Claire, as we learned in episode 12, um, just, you know, the, the background that she came from in the neighborhood and things that she lived in in, in Northern Ireland, you know, in, in, in such a war zone area was, um, it was a miracle. She survived just her childhood alone and you know things that led up to her you know teen years um she had a rough life and it was a wild life and she turned that all around on a dime literally and just you know freaked her parents out <laughs> to say the least um as she became a a sister and if you haven't listened to that episode episode 12 sister claire it's it's a long episode but it's very well worth the listen. It is just, it's a great, great episode. Show notes and everything are there are really good too. Um, again, I can't go on enough about Sister Claire. Um, her life was a miracle, you know, that she made it as far as that she did and that she did everything that she could do in her, in her short life uh, before her, her passing in that earthquake. But, you know, again, you know, Sister Claire, check her out. Next we have Father Seraphim from episode 14 who has the voice of the angels, really. I mean, if you haven't heard that episode, please check it out. Um, Father Seraphim's voice is just wow. I mean, it it does shake you right to the very core of your being, your spirit, your soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Father Seraphim, you know, had, had a rough life. Um, what little bit we could find out about him, um, you know, from falling into a cement mixer when he was a child and being one of the only people to have ever survived something like that and, and being not being able to walk for two years. And, um, you know, from the, the part where he it had had a fall, a couple falls from high heights and survived to uh, being hit by a car to drinking a bottle of hydrogen peroxide, thinking it was water surviving that and for uh, being a bodyguard a head bodyguard for a top Ukrainian uh, government official and surviving that. Um, He also helped facilitate a miracle by praying for a loved one who was in his family that was as he put it was well known to going to perish he was going to pass away. He didn't go into details of, of whether it was something um, environmentally related, um, you know, because the Ukraine is is a very rough uh, area, or if it was something health related. He didn't, ex, you know, didn't expand on that uh, in the little bit of information we had. But nonetheless, he did pray and he made a promise that if the person that he prayed for was saved, um, that he would dedicate his life to God in. You know, he eventually did follow through with that. And oh, my gosh, aren't we so blessed that he did. I mean, not just the amazing things he's doing for the Assyrian people, but all oh, that voice, you know, just that can heal your soul. in just a few notes, if you if you want. I mean, go check it out if you haven't already listened to episode 14. Father Seraphim. There's links in there. Uh, I was also able to sneak a little bit of audio into that uh, show so you can hear it as the show plays. It's just wow. And next we have Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, also known as Metropolitan Anthony of Soros. Wow. Um, what an episode that was, um, you know, to me that ranks up there as, as one of the best episodes. I mean, it's hard to say that because all of the episodes are great. Um, but that one was one of the best episodes and one of my favorite episodes to do. Um, just the, the things that he went through, you know, the religious persecution that uh, he went through at such a young age, you know, the age of six, seven years old uh, and you know, to the point to where he was trying to commit suicide by jumping in front of cars and all the only thing that resulted from that was drivers getting out and actually physically beating him. Uh, For jumping out in front of their car, not stopping and saying, hey, you know, what's this kid? You know, what's wrong with him? Why is he doing this? Is he okay?" No, they just physically beat him Um, and for him to turn his life into all that he did. And again, if you guys haven't had a chance to check that one out again, it's a long one, but I can't recommend it enough. It's episode 16. Um, And check out the show notes because there's links in there to more. Uh, of his talks to his pod to podcasts that have been uploaded uh, with his talks and homilies. I mean, it's, he's just such an amazing inspiration. It almost wasn't just think if he would have carried through with uh, one of those suicide attempts or, you know, if, you know, one of those beatings by a car, but driver of one of those cars would have killed him. We wouldn't have had him. Um, so that just shows the divine. Wanted and needed him to be what he was and to progress as he did. And we are so beyond blessed. And again, I can't recommend uh, him enough. Please check him out. Again, that's episode 16, Metropolitan Anthony of Saros. A few of our listeners have asked for me to do a show on myself and my testimony and story. And I'm still debating on that. Um, you know, I I am beyond humble that you all would ask me to to do that. But I don't feel that my life is that. I can't compare, nor should I compare to these other people we've had on the show. Uh, so it's, you know, it's one of those things I just have to pray on. And if it's something that's meant to to be, then eventually I will do a show, but I will share some information, or I should say miracles with you all that have affected me. And the reason why I don't have a problem sharing this is because I shared this previously on another podcast that I had, which was called From the Heart. I'll have a link to that in the show notes if anybody wants to check that out, Um, where I went into, you know, things I had happen with my heart and heart failure and, and um, with my heart surgeries and and all that in recovery. So I'll have a link to that if anybody wants to check that out in the show notes. But uh, there are three top th- my top three miracles. I'm sure I've had so many miracles in my life. Uh, but my top three are as follows. My wife meeting my wife would have to be miracle number one. Now everybody might say, well, how is that a miracle? Once my wife and I got together and we started talking about our childhood and past and places we used to hang out, come to find out we know for sure that we ran into each other at least twice before we actually met. So to me, that was showing there's some kind of divine hand in us getting together. Now I know people might debate this um, and and you're welcome to but I mean (laughs) this is my personal personal opinion personal experience and I will testify uh, to the grave and beyond that meeting her was a miracle. Um, My life was a mess. Um, I met her. She turned my life around and I helped turn her life around. We met each other at a time when We both needed someone the most and we were there for each other and we continue 36 years later to be there for each other. Now we've had ups and downs mainly because of me, you know, uh, and my sinful nature of the past. Uh, but we've, she's been such an amazing, um, divine being to stick with me through all of my ignorance and sin and, um, you know I can't I can't thank her enough I mean she still is a, a miracle to me a living miracle so miracle number two would have to be have to be the birth of my son um, my son is I'll tell you what talk about somebody that should be on the show my wife and son both should have shows done on them but <laughs> they would never let me do it but my son is just wow I I never stop learning from this young man he's just jaw-dropping amazing. He really is. Um, and especially everything he goes through mentally. He has a lot of uh, issues and stuff that he works diligently to overcome each and every day. And he's just wow. Such an inspiration. Um, but my wife and her after her first trimester started to hemorrhage really bad uh, off and on It would just sporadically happen to where she would just start hemorrhaging so badly uh, and we would go to the hospital and they would, the doctor would always say, every time we went, I'll just relax, you're, you're miscarrying. I mean, how, how do you tell somebody that? I mean, you look at a couple and tell them, just relax, you're miscarrying. That's just so cold and insensitive and just, uh, you know, that's, that's horrible. But after like 24 hours, she would stop hemorrhaging and and Talon would be fine and they would send her home and then you know a week two weeks three weeks later it would happen again this happened several times and during his labor um, it was such a rough labor for her um, you know as the doctor said after Talon was born well next time I know to do a c-section it's just I don't know I people just baffle me sometimes it's just uh, the ignorance and, and, in consideration. And it's just, I mean, I understand, I guess people do this job for so long, they get numb to it, but you know, people's patients don't get numb to it. You know, it's is new to them. So, you know, have some consideration, have a heart, you know? So after 13 hours of labor, uh, Talon was born with a collapsed lung, broken collarbones, jaundice, um, he was in really bad shape. I mean, he was in such bad shape. My wife did not get to hold him. Uh, they offered, but she was like, no, you know, take him, do what you guys need to do, uh, to, to help him. And so they whisked him away and we thought, well, you know, he's going to be fine. And then, uh, a nurse came in probably a couple hours later, um, saying to me because my wife was in no shape to go anywhere, You might want to go down and see your son because I don't think he's going to make it through the night. Now, I don't know why a nurse would be the one to come in and give you that news. Um, I would think that would be a doctor and I would think a nurse would not be um, able or permitted, I should say, permitted to give you that information. But this nurse did. So I went running down to uh, the ICU for. for babies, and and there he was, all wired for sound, and um, just as jaundice as could be. And um, uh, blessings to our uh, pediatrician who we had for Talon. She actually came in in the middle of the night and she stayed with him all night to make sure uh, that he made it, and he did. I mean, he's he is. I can't go. I can't say enough great things about my son. I am just so beyond proud of him, and I'm so beyond blessed uh, to have him in my life. As I said, I learn something from him, you know, every moment of every day. I'm just beyond blessed. And the same with my wife. I mean, the, the two of them, wow, you know, for me to, you know, be in the presence of these two divine beings is just beyond a miracle to me. And the third of my top three miracles would have to be my heart surgeries. Um 2020 was a rough year for everyone with the pandemic. Um I was furloughed like many people were in uh, April of 2020. And as I was home, um I know well b- before I was furloughed I noticed I was having issues with retaining water and then it would it would you know dissipate and I would swell and it would dissipate. Um and I had a couple incidents, you know, with chest pains and things of that nature. But at that time, I thought I had, before it was called COVID, uh, a form of COVID. Um, And still, I don't know if I did or if I didn't. Um, But anyway, that's what I chalked it up to was something like the flu or something like that. Uh, But come to find out, it looked like I was having heart attacks and um, miraculously was surviving those. But anyway, while I was home on furlough, you know, the water game started to come back and it was leaving slower. And then it stopped leaving and started to become worse to where, you know, it started at my feet it worked its way up my legs. It got up to my chest. And then I started having problems breathing. And my wife was begging me the entire time to go to the hospital and get checked out. Well, you know, I was your typical male who, no, I'll be all right. And also we didn't have insurance. So I'm like, You know, there's absolutely no way I can pay for this, but it came down to, you know, do or die. You know, and I had a feeling of that as well is that I need to do something, um, even if it's just to get peace of mind to know, hey, I'll be all right. So I went to the emergency room by myself thinking that, you know, they're just going to give me some diuretics to get rid of uh, the water gain and that I'll be fine. And the nurse that was there in the emergency room even asked me, uh, so why did you decide to come in? What, what made you think your symptoms are something grave? And I was, said, well, my wife looked it up online, and it's point, everything's pointing to heart failure. And she kind of chuckled. And she said, oh, you know, don't, don't believe anything you find online. Now, this was before they started doing blood work and things like that on me and, and did a chest x-ray. After that, she, became, she went from joking around with me um, and being lighthearted to very solemn and serious. So that scared me because I was like, you know, what do they know that they're not telling me? So the doctor came in, the emergency room doctor came in and said, well, you know, we're you know, see, seeing some issues with your heart. Um, I'm not saying it's something bad or, you know, something grave. He said, but, you know, we, we're going to need to keep you overnight and, and get some tests done. So again, remember, this is COVID. I'm by myself. Um, You know, not something I like to do anyway. Um, I tend to have issues with that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I was admitted to the hospital. Test after test after test showed that I had acute heart failure, that my heart was only functioning at 25% capacity. Um, And so the key thing was to get the water weight off of me. They got 30 pounds of water weight off me. Within four days, I was transported to another hospital. This was June 23rd of 2020 when I went to the emergency room. Um, I was transferred that Friday to another hospital. And on that Tuesday, the following Tuesday, June 30th, I had a quadruple bypass and a mitral valve implant uh, put into my heart. Now, the doctor was a, an amazing cardiologist, or I should say, truly amazing cardiologist. Uh, but he was uh, very, very skeptical, uh, very solemn and straight faced whenever he was speaking with me um, and my wife. Um, she could only visit a couple of times, but she just, he was constantly talking to her on the phone. Um And we would constantly thank him for everything he was doing to which he would always reply, don't thank me until after the surgery. He was very kind of superstitious about that um, because he only gave me a 40% chance of surviving uh, the surgeries, Um, you know, the surgery of the bypass and then the surgery of, you know, putting the mitral valve uh, in there, which they didn't realize they were going to have to do that until... Like day uh, before the surgery. So yeah, there's a whole spiel on that. If you if you go to the From the Heart podcast again, I'll have a link to that in the um, show notes. Um, if you go to that other podcast that I had done, um, it's there's a couple episodes, beginning episodes called What Happened, and that's where all you can find all the the juicy details of what took place there. But uh, getting to the point, the during the surgery uh, partway in to the eight hour surgery that I had, um, they stopped and the doctor called my wife and told her that my chances of surviving had dropped to 25 percent and that she needed to give consent for them to continue. I don't know what they would have done if she said no. I mean, because at that time, I'm on a heart and lung machine. So I guess I would have stayed on that or, you know, uh, somebody would have said, you know, pull the plug or what. I don't know. But um, blessings to my wife that she loves me enough to say to have said, go ahead and continue. Hey, she had her chance right there to get rid of me. Bless her heart. But no. Uh, she had to get on the phone with two nurses and give consent and, uh, she still has so much PTSD from that whole thing that whole incident situation as does my son. Um, bless them both and I'm so sorry to put them through that, but, I'm um, I'm alive. I survived and you know, I'm here doing this podcast and you're hearing my voice when, um, if you look at the paperwork, I should not be here. There's, there's no, no way. I should have survived that. I mean, it's just, it's nothing, nothing short of a divine miracle. So what are some miracles that you all have experienced? I'd be very interested in hearing that. And I would love to do another show on miracles and share your stories. I don't have to use your name or anything like that. So if you would like to contact me and email me, there's two ways you can do that you can do that through the website which is faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site that's faithandmorepodcast all one word dot wix w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot com slash my dash s-i-t-e there's a contact button on there and there's also a prayer form you can fill out if you're looking for prayers i'm always happy to do that or you can email me at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. But again, I would love to do another show or more shows, not just one more, on miracles you all have experienced. If you're praying for a miracle and you need a miracle in your life, please uh, let me know. I would be more than happy to pray for you. Uh, As I said, you can contact me directly through the email or you can contact me through the website at the bottom of the web page. Uh, There is a prayer form that you can fill out. If you're looking for prayers, I would love to pray for you. If you would like for people on the show to pray for you, please let me know when you fill that out. Um, I'd be more than happy to have everybody praying for you. I believe there's such immense power in prayer. Um, That's part of the miracle of me surviving my surgeries. My wife uh, is so good with social networking and has so many friends all over the world. And there were so many people praying for me. and I firmly believe um, that was a big reason why I survived uh, and survive today. Uh, So I can't ever say enough and and please don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Um, Miracles do happen and can still happen. So if you're looking for a miracle and need a miracle in your life, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to do everything I can to facilitate that. And if you all don't mind, I would like to close uh, with a prayer again this week. I know I've done that the past two times and and I'll get back to the song of the week. But um, uh, prayer again, I can't say enough about how um, powerful and amazing prayer is. And, you know, regardless of what your faith is, uh, prayer is such uh, a key and heart of so many different faiths. Um, and so I've got a prayer here that's for, it's called faith to move mountains prayer. And it's especially a good prayer for those who need a miracle, uh, in their life. I know the, the holidays can be a very difficult time for a lot of people, especially in today's world that we live in and with everything going on, uh, with the economy, the way it is, um, and i know there's so many people hurting and you know so many people need miracles uh, so regardless of your faith you know i'm going to say this prayer but feel free to change it to however whatever would fit your faith you know whatever would fit your belief and again this is called faith to move mountains prayer and i'll have it in the show notes so you can see it there as well and it goes lord god name above all names your power is unlimited And your strength has no end you have said that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains as I face I face a mountain now Lord and feel like my faith is weak would you amaze me with your miraculous power remind me that you are in control of everything in my life you are able to do far more than all I ask or can even imagine according to the power at work within me to you be glory throughout all generations forever and ever through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So before we go, I want to sincerely and deeply thank each and every one of you for listening. Again, I've said it before that this show came from the divine. Um, you know, bonking me on the head to do this, and you know, I, I kicked and screamed a little bit, and uh, you know, didn't want to because I didn't think it would be a show anyone would want, need, or be interested in, and it that has proven me to be completely wrong, and I admit that freely, and I'm I'm glad I'm wrong on that, and I'm I've heard from several people of how the show is helping them, and how um, they pretty much live week to week for the show and how the show helps them get through life. And, I'm beyond flattered and humble. Um, it's not for me. Believe me, Uh, I'm not a seer or prophet in any way, shape and or form. Um, but the divine moves through this show and I'm so happy and blessed that it does. And I'm so happy that you all are being blessed by the show, regardless of your faith. Um, And thank you for those who have reached out to me to share this. Um, It's, it's feedback that, that I need. Um, I have a big announcement coming up in episode 20. I know as if there needs to be more tacked on to episode 20. (laughs) For those of you who've listened to previous episodes, you know, I'm kind of ramping up to episode 20. Um, But anyway, I have a huge announcement in episode 20 about the show. Um, And again, thank you all. Uh, Recently, Kath had contacted me through the website. Thank you, Kath, for contacting me and letting me know what the show means to you. I'm so happy you found it. I'm so happy you enjoy it. I'm so happy you all have found it. Uh, We've got people listening as I... Noted last week at the beginning of last week's show. We've got people from all over the world. Or what's the week before? Uh, Anyway, but we've got people from all over the world listening to the show. And I I can't thank you all enough. Please, you know, continue to listen. And if you like the show, you know, please share it with your friends. Because we really don't have any sponsors right now. Um, Anchor says they're working on getting a sponsor for the show. I don't know how true that is or not. It's been over a month now on that, but it's no big deal. It, does, it's not a, a, it doesn't matter to me. So right now, the way the show is getting out is through word of mouth. So if you share the show with a friend, then that show, friend will share it and share it and share it. And, share it and you know, the show will grow and we'll be able to reach more people and help more people. And that's the core of the show. You know, that's why we're here is to help each other. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I can't wait to see you all next week.